Hello and welcome to the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for AnimationForAdults.com, and welcome to episode 44. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, the big thing going on this week, which is the E3 convention, where we get to discuss all the different new game trailers and everything that's been coming out recently, and they're teasing for later releases. And joining me for the discussion today is Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey. <laughs> How have you been? I, I, I'm all right. <laughs> How are you? Eh, can't complain. It's been a busy week, but it's uh, I've been really trying to keep glued to what's been going on in the image. And it's like always, every single year, E3 comes and goes, and I keep looking at all the footage coming out for it. And I'm just like, man, I wish I was there. I, I've... I, Go ahead. I kind of got caught unaware by this year. I'm I'm kind of out of the loop games because I, for a while, I was a games blogger, so I was very, very, very much <laughs> connected to the whole games things for a while, and then sort of that went away. Yeah. And, and now I mainly write about some other things that you might read about <laughs> occasionally. Um, <laughs> so I'm sort of in a different world, mm-hmm. and. Oh, E3. Oh, yeah, that's in June. When's that? Oh, now. Oh, okay. It's going on right now. Well, at least by the time this podcast has has come out, it will be a little, probably almost a week since the E3 finished. But there's a lot of of hoo-ha going on at uh, E3 this year with a lot of uh, big announcements with new games coming out. A lot for the different, different companies, Sony, Microsoft, and, of course, Nintendo. But and, we, oh, go ahead. If anyone's thinking, "Hey, AFA podcast, why are you not talking instead about the Odyssey Animation Festival that also happened this week?" Well, I would say we were also not there, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Because if but, we could attend both, that would be awesome. But unfortunately, we cannot. Oh, imagine if you got the choice. Oh, what you? What that was? You had the option. Like you could go to Odyssey, or you could go to E3. You could go to E3 one. But you can only go to one, obviously. Oh man! And you'd be like, that's oh, a tough choice. No, 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 no! Don't no, make no. me choose! Don't make me choose. They're both wonderful. But yeah, we will, we will get to Odyssey stuff, the news that's come out of that more next time, I believe, because we're sort of filtering through basically, and we will know more of the stuff that comes out of it this coming week, I think. Mm-hmm. So. It's a, it's a very special occasion, so we just it would it would be better to have a whole, ep, you know, whole podcast episode dedicated to it. And so while we get you know getting E three out of the way, and then that means we can move on to Annecy for our, uh, the I wouldn't say our next podcast, but maybe sometime in the very near future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we will get to it. Just just you wait. There you go. Okay. And right. before. Um, before we move on into our main topic today, though, let's uh, do our usual housekeeping and get through the new news, uh, new pieces of news coming out for the animation world that might be interesting. And one of which is a bit of a personal nature for our site, uh, just so we can get it out there real quick, is that uh, even though 40, 44 episodes into this podcast, you know, doing this podcast, we are quickly approaching our one year anniversary since we started this podcast back in July of last year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's a really big deal. It's a whole year. It's hard to believe it's it's gone by so fast. But um as uh we you know obviously it's since it's an anniversary we want to do something special 
you know, a special topic, a discussion, try and do, you know, you know, to thank everyone who's been keeping up with the podcast and uh, showing us their support. So one of the w- things that Chris and I had been discussing about maybe trying to do to make, make this a special episode is putting it out there to you guys, our listeners, to see if you had any particular topics that you wanted us to bring up and discuss on the podcast episode. And uh, then we can try and do our best to make sure we can get as many people as uh, that have appeared on the podcast as possible. And then we could try and see if we can do a big discussion about our base, our most uh, what did, uh, what was the word I'm looking for? The one you know discussed topic. Most request. Most requested topic. There we go. That's that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so, if you have any ideas about stuff that you would like like us to talk about, by all means, send us messages via you know Twitter, Facebook emails, you know, whatever uh, sort of uh, information, you know, uh, site suits your fancy, and uh, just let us know what you think, and we will do our best to go through the different topics, and we'll see which one works best, and then we can, we'll let you know which one wins by the time we get ready to put the episode out. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to seeing if we can get as, you know, Hope because Chris and I have been really hoping to try and get everyone who's been on the show previous, you know, barring special guest appearances, uh, to try and have us all on at the same time. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we can the the, the time zones will uh will will find a time that works in everyone's favor. It's never happened. No, we've tried. The, we spent almost an entire year trying to get everyone on together for a big group discussion, and so far. Like I said, because of timing-wise and time zones, it's been very difficult to pull off. But hopefully, hopefully, this time will be the time that we get everybody. So if if you if you all support that too, please let us know. <laughs> okay, and um, the next big thing that I know it's been a big uh, a big interest to a lot of people who follow us, uh, follow the website, is um, we've got some more information coming out for the Hey Arnold Jungle movie. And uh, we've just, which they've just confirmed the title. I believe that uh, that is the title of the of this two part TV movie. It was an unofficial title up until now, and now they've made it. They've really confirmed it as the official title. I believe. Yeah, I think basically they've said, "Oh yeah, Hey Arnold's coming back because a two part event or whatever," and the creator had. A piece of art up that said the jungle movie on it, mm-hmm. but Nickelodeon themselves had not said, Hey, it's called the jungle movie, and now they've said, Hey, it's called the jungle movie. Hey, well, at least they're all on the same page now. So it's like one of these things where it's it's kind of news that we already knew, yeah. But, you know, it's nice to have things confirmed, <laughs> yeah. But the other other piece of news coming out for it that uh, a lot of uh, fans of the old, fans of the show might be really interested to hear is that at least a, you know, a good majority of the original cast members that were in the original Hey Arnold cartoon show are going to be making uh, are going to be coming back to this film. Such as, um, let's see if I can if I'm mispronouncing any of these names, please please bear with me. Um, Francesca Marie Smith as Helga, Andy. McAfee as Phoebe, Tress McNeil, awesome, as uh, as Arnold's grandma, and Dan Castellaneta as uh, Arnold's grandpa, as just a couple of the 
a couple of the names that uh, we have coming back to the movie, which is going to be fantastic. Both, um, I personally, I'm really excited to have Tress McNeil back. She's one of my favorite voice actresses of all time. <laughs> um, it's awesome. Yeah, and unfortunately, the uh, the only the, there is going to have to be a slight change in the casting, other than just the other than those people, because obviously the boys who played both Arnold and Gerald in the original cartoon have grown up quite a bit since they did um since they did the cartoon so so they won't be really recast as their roles but they are going to be in the movie as far as news has uh spread i believe i think i think that's that's a cool thing to do because obviously they couldn't reprise the role very easily that would be weird yeah be, be like the characters are the same age but oh no, I'm you, have, you have this really deep voice it's like uh, <laughs> that does not sound right <laughs> Um, yeah, because obviously that's one of the reasons that for so long, uh, like, all children were played by actresses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like little young young boys played by older women. <laughs> because if if Bart Simpson had been played by a child, <laughs> <laughs> then like 25 years later, it wouldn't work quite so well. It yeah. would not. They'd have to recast every every season, um, yes. But it's it's a nice gesture, basically, to get them to come back in other roles. Well, yeah, because I mean they've they've got a personal, you know, they worked on this for quite a long time, and they've got probably have a personal, you know, involvement with this with this series. So it's like it's nice after so long, just like hey, you know, this is something that's happening. We know you were involved with this for quite a while, so like you want to come back, and it's just like why not? It's it's a really it's a really nice nod to the people who really care about the the series who worked on it previously. And based on the traffic that the articles all the ones about the Jungle Movie have got, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there is quite a lot of people who love the show, and you know I've I can't say it was my favorite of the Nickelodeon cartoons to come out of that particular area era of. Uh, programming but it's still i i still appreciated it whenever it was on at least when there were episodes that dared to do something that i never really expected so i can understand where all the love is and why after all this time when we're finally getting closure to one of the the biggest mysteries in the series at all that you know that a lot of people are excited to see that i want to know if they're going to bring back rocco's mod life <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about I that like, one, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it, it. It strangely in the UK, it was on both that and Red and Stimpy. They were show because obviously they were on Nickelodeon in the US. They were kid shows or whatever in the US. But in the UK, they sort of put them in the in a sort of later time slot. They were like they were like on at half past six in the evening, or I know in America you still get. Kid shows on at nine o'clock or whatever, but and not so much. <laughs> um, but these were, these were sort of. They were like, no, this is quite children's suitable, so we're going to put it on like the teenage slot or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember watching Rocco's Modern Life and liking it. And I've seen stuff recently about how much like jokes were hidden in that that I wouldn't have got. Oh, like a, at... like more mature jokes. Yeah, like there was. There was like a, a picture, and it said like the minute you realise that Rocco worked at a sex line, and it's like it's like him with a um, 
he's there with a with a phone but there's like something in the background and it says be friendly be something be sexy and it's like <laughs> wait they just put that in a kid show <laughs> that he's a, he works in a phone the things line. they could get away with like the the various adult humor and the animaniacs and et cetera, et cetera, and all like all that jazz. It's it, it it really is amazing when you really think about it. If you know, if you look back on some of those cartoons, just like even even some points that I think in Hey Arnold too, were just like, wow, that's uh, that's 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 really for kids. I don't think so. The nineties were a different time. <laughs> yes, they were. It was a. It was an interesting time of experimentation for car- for animation or animated TV, and and technically, I would think that that experimentation is still going on, at least in some some programming, but just in different ways. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's you know for for people who are excited about this movie, the the uh, air date is still set for 2017. We're we haven't they haven't elaborated on any other a more specific date yet, but. It is uh, it is still a thing that is happening, and we will be keeping an eye on it and letting you know of any new developments. Okay, and the one other topic that we you know obviously had to really talk about since it is uh, since Finding Dory just released this uh, this past weekend. Um, Chris, did you want to mention what's been going on with the numbers this after the the first weekend release for Finding Dory in the United States? <laughs> It's done quite well. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's out in the US and Canada and some other places. Not the UK, I would just like to point out. Boo. 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 Um, hey, but we're getting a secret life of pets instead, so hey. All right, well, uh, then you can you can, you can uh, gloat, over, gloat over me with that one next time I'm, when that I'm comes not, out. I'm not going <laughs> to... Um, Go oh ahead, no. I can take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, they're really pushing it. <laughs> it's like every, almost every other advert is a tie-in with with Secret Life of Pets. Oh, it's really fantastic. weird. <laughs> um, okay, it has Friday Dory has made a hundred and thirty-six two million dollars in North American theaters. In the opening weekend, making it the highest-grossing animated debut of all times. Greater than Toy Story. Greater than like wow. Like give us, give us a, give us a ballpark. Greater than Frozen, even. Greater than Shrek the Third, which was the previous holder at one hundred and twenty-one point six million. Wow. (laughs) But. But this is, you know, this is only the open weekend. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's. I would. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean it's got legs. Because <laughs> oh, it's, it's a fish. Ha, it's a ha, fish. Ha, 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 ha. Although, you know, I would, I would hazard a guess that it probably will continue to do well. To be honest, um, but it doesn't necessarily follow that a big opening weekend. Because sometimes it just means everyone wants to watch it straight away. Like with, uh, what was it? Batman vs Superman had a huge opening weekend, and then and it then, veered off it, almost immediately. Then it just died <laughs> when people started doing the reviews. Yeah. Um, but Finding Dory has not been getting bad reviews, so. <laughs> no, I think, 
I'd like to think that this this particular movie is going to have some uh, some staying power in the theater, even if it doesn't even if it doesn't stick around for too long. I'd like to think of all the hard work that clearly went into it that it gets it stays it sticks around for quite a while. Yeah, let's hope it's got fins. Ha fins, ha fins, ha! I guess ha ha. I can't say it's got. Ha. Well, you could the tentacles could have eight tentacles. <laughs> their legs sort of <laughs> oh my god you're yeah, very, you're but... you're very punny today chris i i'd say that's probably in tribute to it being uh, father's day the dad jokes <laughs> ah of course um yeah so it's made an awful lot of money and it's going down very well so far and um but it's interesting because um, Zootopia opened huge as well, and then you know has broken records and stuff, and is what number four animated film at the moment. So having Finding Nemo coming, Finding Dory coming out so quickly afterwards, it'll be interesting to see where we're going to be by the end of the year. Yeah, uh, what's definitely. Gonna, what's going to be the more popular? Yes, yeah, because so- this is. Because we have our our big the big Titan uh, Disney versus the other Titan Pixar, so it's just like hmm, which ones which gonna which one's gonna be around or the people gonna be on people's lips the longest? And then then we got Moana coming out, and that's the second Disney film of the year, and that's a princess musical, so <laughs> that normally quite popular. Yeah, if it... Frozen's proven everything, anything that's yeah. That's definitely popular. <laughs> or is it going to do the same thing that happened last year? And we had two Pixar films, and one of them was huge, and the other one sort of just went. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, at least, at my impression, we've already stated our relative impressions of uh, Moana in our last podcast episode. But it's, I want to say, I'm, 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 ex- I'm really excited to see Moana. There's, there's still a good bit of me that's a bit hesitant, at least with the way they introduced it in the the very beginning part of this trailer. Or the the teaser trailer, so I'm just I need to see more before I know for certain how I'm gonna feel about this movie. But it's good that Finding Dory's doing so well uh, because I think there were you know there has been some skepticism around it just because it's a sequel. Yeah, there was but... quite a bit of skepticism. Yeah, like you said, because it a because it was a sequel and it's the last time the uh, a Pixar movie did a sequel of a film, one of their earlier films on a side character no less it did not, yeah. it did not work out well no I, w- I was actually thinking there's actually a similarity to that but I was thinking the difference is people actually like Dory so yes <laughs> Mater like in terms of Cars 2 Mater, Mater was harmless he just did, but he wasn't really all that interesting of a character to warrant a sequel no <laughs> but Dory Dory is a different, uh, is a different kettle of fish. Salt. Different kettle of fish. Oh my god, you're on. Oh. <laughs> Does someone need to come take you away? Because you're just like, just continue with uh, the puns and puns and puns. I can't handle it, Chris. I'm sorry. It's okay. They're good puns. I enjoy them. They're, they're, the, they're the good kind of bad puns. I like those. 
It's just like it's almost like I can't. It's like I I say something, you follow it up with pun. It's just like how do I keep walking into the puns? Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll try and control myself. <laughs> okay, but um, really, as far as news goes, that's only the only really save all the other topics in regards to Annecy, which we will save for a later episode, like we said. That's really all that I believe, news-wise, that we can cover as of right now. Um, so I think we're just going to go right into stuff that we watched. And uh, Chris, would you like to lead us off, or would you like me to uh, share about my uh, the one thing I only had the one thing I had time to watch this uh, this weekend? I, I could go first. Um, I well, I have been continuing to watch some more of Voltron Legendary Defender. Uh, which I know most people have probably watched all of by now, but <laughs> I haven't, uh, and I'm still enjoying it. I'm about six episodes in, I think, um, and my my opinion is pretty much consistent. It's good. I like it. I'm I'm not quite at the point where I'm 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 wondering if there's going to be a bit where. I'm going to get to it. Go. Oh, okay. This is why everyone's going crazy for it, or whether it's just I'm just like not quite as enthusiastic as some people, and that's not going to change. Mm. Um, do you think there's like a particular point where, or did you just like were you just like out of the gate, just yes? Um, I was. I will admit, I'm a little bit more of the on the. You know, it was it was fantastic right out the gate. But I think that might be more contributing from my nostalgia factor than anything else, mm-hmm. than just the show itself. But there are a couple of moments, unlike some of the later episodes before um, it finally reaches you know the end of the you know the season that the or the amount of episodes that they put out where it's just kind of like oh my, kind of like something something. Let me just say something big happens and. Then it just ends, and it's just kind of like you look at it, it's like, wait, why did you stop there? Why did you stop there? <laughs> kind of thing. So it's it's it really they're 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 keeping their audience guessing, and the fact that they just kind of ended on a particular note, it just kind of just makes you like continuously want to scan Netflix. It's like, okay, when's the next episode coming out? When's the next episode coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm keeping on. <laughs> well, good. Keeping on. I will, I will continue to watch it, and yeah. Who's and your I'm favorite sure. character so far, other than um, what was his name? Um, Karan was his name. The 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 uh, the princess's uh, friend. Yeah, yeah, he's very funny. I like him. <laughs> He is very, he is very funny. But any other, any of the other characters, like any of the paladins, who have uh, won you over just yet? Uh, <laughs> eh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyone particularly standing out, really? Okay. Uh, they're all, they're all pretty solid, I guess. <laughs> Hunks, buddy. Again, I like the voice actor. Um, uh, and Princess Laura, pretty badass. So, yeah, she, that 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 chick, she's 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 the typical princess. She's got she's got a bit of a crazy streak. I've noticed, at least in like the very earlier episodes where she's introduced and she's uh, helping, quote unquote, helping the paladins train 
and how to form Voltron. She's finding new ways to help them train, and it's just like, lady, lady, calm down. <laughs> Bring uh, it back a little bit. <laughs> i got to be careful here, um, treading around a spoilery thing. <laughs> um, but I said before about getting slightly confused, I think, my what I thought I knew about Voltron, and getting mixed up with like other things like um about the planets and other like that sort of era mm-hmm. old school anime things is i thought i was pretty sure that um the original pilots that there would that there was a i obviously didn't watch it <laughs> okay <laughs> um that i thought didn't there a female pilot i thought Obviously not. Uh, in the original in the show, original. yes. There, well, there was in the original show there was a very yeah. They they did have someone, uh, a young woman, come and take over one one of the pilot positions because one of the uh, one of the original pilots in the uh, American broadcast he was critically injured and sent away. But in the, but in the original Japanese show he did. So <laughs> the then that was when um. Alora, the of the original show, she actually was the one who stepped into the uh, shoes of the Blue Lion and was uh, its pilot for at least uh, for the rest of the series, okay. I believe. Because I I did think that there was a female pilot, and then I was watching it like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, Alora I... Alora eventually became one of the pilots of Ultron, but um, I really like the way that they're kind of keeping her. Like she's she's still technically a part of the team. But she doesn't have to be one of the pilots. She doesn't get to pilot a robot though, a lion. <laughs> I she's she gets a spaceship. I mean, what more do you want? And mice, she gets mice. <laughs> I I'm probably gonna include this in the spoil, you know, on our eventual uh, exclusive spoiler tastic episode that we're gonna have on Voltron later. But I'm gonna say it right now because I still can't believe it. Of all the things that they were going to be bringing up into Volt- from the old Voltron into the new show, I mean, I figured they were going to bring a bunch of other stuff that I would recognize back. I still can't believe they pulled off the goddamn mice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I saw them in the show, and I'm just like, no. No, they're not doing it. But no, I guess they are. <laughs> the mice are back. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, so... Yeah, I've been watching that. Right. Um, what else? And I have been watching a anime series that I'm going to be reviewing for the site soon called Parasite the Maxim. Um, I know there was a show called Parasite, but I wasn't sure if this is... Is this tied to that, or is this like a season of it, or a movie? It just seems to have a, a slightly longer title. I don't know why. Because mm-hmm. uh, it was a manga just called Parasite. Yeah! A very dark, dark manga, from what I recall. Yeah, and it's quite... It's not current manga at all. It's like, I remember I had like a volume of it, and it was a Tokyo Pop volume. Or it might have even been a Mixine volume. Hmm. Mix, mix before they were Tokyo Pop. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going way back. That is long time. Um, uh, and the idea of this series is that there are these alien parasites that come down and they're little they look like little insecty things and they burrow into your ear 
and then they take over your brain and then they um, replace you, your head, and your brain with an alien life form that looks like it's a human head and seems to be a normal human but they actually they sort of morph into like these big huge teeth and things like and they they all like they transform into all different shapes and they go around and they eat other people basically yeah that's that, um, that, that's that's all ringing a bell it's like yep that's parasite all right but the main character uh he has a um he has a head he has some headphones in when it tries to come and burrow it into his ear and in it's different in the manga but in the anime he uh, it goes in his arm and he tries to he basically he fights it off um to try and stop it getting to his brain and he ties his his thing round his, his ties his headphone cable round his arm to try and cut off the blood or something which none of that's in the manga <laughs> it's just I just added that um and it ends up taking over his hand instead yep so so he's still got his brain but he's got his hat he's got an alien in his hand um and then he has this weird uh, relationship with this not that kind of relationship no um, no it's, it's i mean he's a teenage boy but um uh he's yeah he talks to it and um it can it can sort of it can morph and stuff as, and it like can become blades and stuff cause it's an alliance he, of convenience because if i recall correctly you know this this thing was trying to you know take it was literally trying to eat his brain and he was able to keep it from mm. doing so but it's still a parasite it needs to rely on him so it needs to keep him alive in order to keep itself alive so that's why it gives him all of these new abilities with you know using its own powers yes and because what happens is there's all these other people who have also uh, got parasites in them but they didn't have you know, not in their hand. They actually were successful ones. Mm-hmm. So they go around hunting people, um, and there's all these mysterious murders and stuff. They're called the mincemeat murders. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, the, the aliens can sense each other. So, mm-hmm. so when they come across the the guy, and they're like, "Oh, he's still got a human brain. We better kill him or whatever." Um, so he ends up having to fight with other parasites sometimes, and also he's. Um, also trying not to be discovered and things like that and also trying to protect his family and friends and things like that so he ends up basically having to go off and be a bit bit of a hero sometimes because um later in it the um the ha- he's this the parasite also gives him special abilities because it goes through his bloodstream <laughs> so then he's like got enhanced speed and everything and he doesn't need glasses anymore and he starts doing his hair different. Uh, <laughs> that bit doesn't seem important, but he does. Like, hey, you seem different. His, char- his character is evolving as a result of this new partnership, quote-unquote partnership, mm. with this alien entity in his arm. It's a bit like that bit in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. But hopefully done better. <laughs> yes. And um, so he goes around with this... this parasite in his hand and it sort of acts as uh, sometimes it acts as a GPS and sometimes it goes oh, turn left here <laughs> I think that's probably um, out of all I mean I know I've never really watched 
Parasite or really read too much of the manga. I am familiar with the premise of it and um, what kind of the point of it is. It's just the one thing that I always intrigued me, even though I've never really seen it. One thing that always keeps intriguing me about, you know, one to make me want to see it is this kind of alliance of convenience between, you know, our protagonist character and the parasite itself, because those kind of alliances in, uh, you know, most storytelling that I've seen or, you know, read or played even, it's just those are, those kind of character dynamics always fascinate me. Yeah, and it's, it's very sort of it's a horror series. Oh yes, yes, very and gruesome. Like all the body horror and everything. I, it's the um, manga has very distinctive art, like with the um, the transformations and stuff. It's got some really grotesque stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I only actually had one volume back in the day, like, <laughs> um, but I always wanted to, I wanted to know more about the story, and so it was really weird to me that they suddenly like all these years later did an anime of it and they also did um two live action japanese movies as well oh i now that i was not aware of i knew there was an anime of it but i had no idea that there was uh they were doing live action films as well Ooh, yeah, boy. They, they did they did them at sort of the same time um so there's probably a you know a connection there um there was going to be a hollywood version at one point <laughs> <laughs> wow James Cameron had rights at one point. Um, and there was another point when the Jim Henson Company were involved. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, now, you know, that kind of sounds interesting. I wanted that one to happen. <laughs> yeah, same. Because if anyone could, anyone could pull off the parasite, it would be Jim Henson Corporation. But, you know, at the very least in regards to the anime, because um, I know you, you've been talking about the manga a whole lot, and how, how does the anime compare to the manga? In terms of just you know, like you said, the, the kind of like the gruesome horror aspect of it, and the the obviously the probably the big fight sequences or action sequences of the parasites fighting each other. Mm. Well, it's the animation is done by Madhouse, so it's pretty solid. Um, it's, but it's not like it's not the slickest animation ever. There's occasional, but they do really interesting things with the. Um, with the transformations and stuff. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a long time since I've read it, but I think it is quite different from the manga. I think they they varied it quite a bit because I think you know because it's it's quite old. <laughs> they've they've definitely probably updated it. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Oh, that's um, that's interesting. Like I I'm not sure that he did any googling in the first one. <laughs> he might have done, I suppose. <laughs> Eh, probably it was a different form of media that was more accessible at the time, I think. But eh, it's it's possible Google. I forget what I forget what year the Parasite manga came out, though. So that's why that that really depends on knowing what year that came out. Well, it it was I think it was like in the nineties, so you know the internet would have been a thing. Yeah, it was a a relative thing. But I I just seem to remember. I think it might have been like the as the um the parasite reading books more and stuff like that um mm. but i also think i think the the main character i think he looks quite different but i might as i said it's been so long since i've read it <laughs> <laughs> i could just be remembering everything wrong but i'm enjoying it um it's 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 got the whole sort of body snatcher thing of like oh do you know who's you know because at one point um his mum uh gets got oh okay yep 
so you know it's stuff like that and they're like oh could you deal with that that happened to you that kind of thing and um one of the, there's a teacher in the school he's a parasite and things like that mm-hmm. so you so you're saying that if you're if you're gonna watch this anime um you're gonna need a strong stomach i would say yes um but it will be coming out soon in the UK on Blu-ray and DVD part one. So I'll be writing up a review of that. And it's already out in America from Sentai. And it's also um, available. I think it's still on Crunchyroll. Um, it might be. Or it was anyway. <laughs> so if you want to watch the whole thing, you can. Um, and if you like horror and weird stuff. Like sci-fi um, horror. Yes, sci-fi horror and uh, weird. The, some of the transformation stuff is kind of almost like a biological version of something out of Terminator or something like that. Interesting. So, yeah. Hmm. yeah, and you get all these big weird... Because they morph into all weird shapes, I think, and they really go to town on the stuff. Hmm. So I think I think it's interesting and worth checking out. Cool. Yep, life's never dull with anime around. Because <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get. Nope. But um, taking a step away from that, uh, from the wacky world of anime, we're going to get into the wacky world of Pixar. Because the only thing I had time to see this uh, this week was Fighting Dory, which I finally got to see the, just the other day, actually. And... Ah, just how to how to really approach this movie because I know like going in there was a gen you know generally there was a lot of skepticism surrounding this movie like for the exact reasons we said earlier in the podcast is you know it's a sequel it's a Pixar sequel and those generally don't do as well as their their lead films and um, the fact that it was also focusing on a side character much like Cars two focused on its side character a lot of people were nervous that's like oh this is movie's not going to be as strong. But like we've been discussing like in previous episodes of the podcast, you know, the the general opinion of this film has been pretty strong. You know, critical reception has been pretty good. And after finally seeing it yesterday, I can say with absolute honesty, I agree with a lot of the positive reviews that this movie's getting. I agree with them 100%. Sweet. It's, it's good. It's... If people are looking for a sequel that is going to try and do more than the original... That's not this movie, but really, and all and to be perfectly honest, all I all I wanted it to be was just as good as the first one, and it really did. It did just that. It had enough. It had great sense of humor. I loved the animation was amazing, top to bottom, and this and Dory is generally just a very interesting character to follow. As you like, I mean, even though she you know she's funny, sure, but there's really like this kind of like you know there's she's obviously got a deep personal history that is really you you enjoy discovering along with her as she's starting to remember things so it's just and obviously I want to I want to stay away from spoiling it too much so we can, maybe we can have a you know a proper discussion for a later episode but it's it's it felt like a story that maybe not it may have not really needed to have been told necessarily but I'm glad that they did I'm very glad that they did because it further cemented my love for these, you know, this story and these characters in this underwater world that they created. 
So, just, you know, for anyone from Pixar who's listening, two thumbs way, way up. Good job on all the mm-hmm. animation. The, the, especially everyone who was involved with um, in, with animating Hank the Octopus. Holy moly. Like, I know he was probably, he was, he, I think he was supposed to, bleh, supposed to be one of the more complicated characters to bring to life in this film, and I can see why. But at the same time, I really hope that they had a fun time animating him too, because he was he was just so much fun to look at, and every like the different scenes he pops up in are just wonderful to watch. And uh, also, shout out goes to um, the folks involved with uh, who did the uh, short film before the before Finding Dory started uh, called Piper. That is, uh, that's also a really, really, really impressive work animation wise. Cause I've, I had to keep reminding myself I was, uh, looking at animated birds, not real birds. Ugh. Wow. Yeah. If, if you, you look, look forward to that one, Chris, cause it's, I was, I was coming off positive when I, when Finding Dory started, I was still coming off the positive vibes from that short film. And that might have just kind of carried over into the rest of the film itself, but it was just it was it was a perfect complimentary piece. Nice. So yeah, that was uh that's what I had all the time I had to watch uh this particular week, other than obviously trying to keep up with stuff going on in E three, which a lot of stuff was coming out for that and it was it was well it's it's it sometimes it can be really difficult when you're not actually present at the con you know, at at the convention to really see all what's coming out when but it's there was a lot there was quite a lot so do you just want to get into our discussion of e3 from what we were able to witness coming out from this week yeah let's do it <laughs> game, on. game on game on yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i know um a lot of the like the bigger bigger announcements i think that were coming out uh this at least this year in particular. I mean, I um, I think was the biggest one was there were a lot of different uh Sony titles that were getting a lot of special attention. I think um one of them I think was called uh Horizon Zero Dawn. Ah, uh, this one looks good. I like this. Um, I remember it being unveiled last year. I think mm-hmm. um, and it's got some. It's like a post-apocalyptic world where machines are taken over but they're like they look almost biological and stuff and the lead character is is a lady who looks sort of you know like almost like it looks like basically society's regressed humanity because the aliens have taken over and alien robots people, people have sort of gone feudal a bit and live in like huts and stuff and <laughs> And there's people living in tribes or whatever, and she looks like a, you know, like a warrior woman. Um, but when I was watching the trailer for this, I couldn't help but get a vibe, a real Princess Mononoke vibe. Yeah, I was I was watching that same trailer and some of the gameplay footage that they they showed off at the Sony presentation, and yeah, it's I was getting some major, like if Mononoke vibes, like um, it was it was like. If you made Princess Mononoke a bit more of a sci-fi and le- less fantasy, more sci-fi, I think that's this game. At least the kind of theme that this game is going for. I would be surprised if that's not deliberate, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I really think it looks like 
like that basically the there's like this alien well robot monster thing and it reminded me of the um the big like the boar in the opening of Princess Mononoke was the, the demon um, boar the demon boar with all the the um tentacly bits and everything like that mm-hmm. and I, it really reminded me of that and I just think that they might have been doing that deliberately <laughs> well you can get inspiration from a lot of different things and I you know Mononoke is definitely an inspirational or a film that is that could give a lot of different like artists and creators inspiration to create anything and so I think you know it's we can draw that comparison. I mean, regardless of if that is actually what happened, but it's 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 still nice to be able to draw a comparison between those two things because it really gives it an old new like feeling or appreciation for what they're trying to do. Yeah, but it looks pretty. It really does. <laughs> I the motion ca- it looks like they're doing kind of like a motion capture animation for this game, and it's it looks really top notch, especially like the running animation on the our protagonist character. She's going about her her business in the in the demo and then even like the idea the really neat idea of how she like hunts these robots using like this really like super like a uh, high-tech bow and arrow breaks up the you know robots she searches for parts and then she can use them to build new things and then heck she can even like tie down like a robot looking like bull thing and then override its data so she can then ride it to wherever she needs to go yeah, it looks good. <laughs> it's, just, it's it's completely wild, and I'm looking forward to see how more they get to play around with those that that idea of making this kind of like a fu- a futuristic, but at the same time, kind of a more primitive world, and um, then just see where the story goes because it's definitely got a uh, compelling narrative behind it. If this is the way they're telling it, is that one of those ideas that it starts off as a game, but you sort of immediately go? Oh, I should make a film of this. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, then you actually, when you think about it, you think they probably should, because when they do that, they turn out to be rubbish. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like it's, stick with stick with with one medium or the other. Try not to make it a combination of two. I mean, I suppose this Assassin's Creed movie might be good. <laughs> I ain't holding my breath. I'm sorry. I I I, I uh, do enjoy playing Assassin's Creed, but um, I. I mean, everyone, everyone's favourite bit of Assassin's Creed is obviously the um, the sci-fi wraparound bit, so it makes perfect sense that they're <sighs> concentrating on that. I mean, nobody actually wants to do the actual running around in the past stuff, or follow, no. Or actually follow the compelling characters who you get to step into the shoes of as you play in the past. That's, you know, no one cares about that part. No, one's, no one cares about Playing around as as Ezio, Ezio Auditore. I I think I heard it was about they said like sixty percent future slash present day. No, like, no, no, don't, don't do that. that. No, no. I really appreciated playing the new Assassin's Creed Syndicate because did I, you I now? Just, I actually had a chance to I, play that. I've this is I've just got it recently because I waited for it to go under 20 quid <laughs> which is my <laughs> which is my standard thing um and it um uh, the i appreciated the way they handled the wraparound at the beginning they went here's two lines or something now you're in the now you're in victorian london 
like yes do that i don't care about the rest of it <laughs> yeah it, it's always it's always the, the the past explorations that people in the franchise love the most and so the immediately the fact that this movie is going to be focusing on the exact opposite of that i have no you know my hopes for this movie actually being good are excruciatingly low and it's also not set in any of the time periods of any of the games. Well, then, there you go. It's it's Those are the nails on its eventual coffin. It's set during the um, Spanish Inquisition. I mean, nobody expected that. No, not at all. <laughs> and I actually got that. No, I, I know exactly where that joke's coming from. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I know my brother will, too, because he loves that spit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, oh, no, you, no. Now you know what you, you need to do. You when you when we get to that part in the recording, you need to put in that sound effect that, as they come in. Duh! Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> you need to put that in there in this episode. That'd be fantastic. Well, I obviously have to, don't I? Yes, you do. Um. um... Oh, and they're also, but they're also doing a, a new Xbox. <laughs> oh, Two new. glory be. Just. I I just have to say, I love this new idea of them re-releasing consoles like two years later when, after the new ones came out. Going, oh, look, it's going to be, t- these are going to last 10 years. And then like, no, actually, we're going to do another <sighs> one. It's like, no, don't stop it. If we wanted a PC, if we wanted to play on a PC, <laughs> then we'd be buying a PC. You know what? <laughs> Part of me, at least, part of me wants to be able to just buy those Microsoft games on my PC just so I can, just so I can, just in spite of Microsoft in general. It's like, I have given you more than enough money, Microsoft. You are not going to get, as much as I can help it, you are not going to get a dime more than what I feel is worth, that you, you know, it's worth paying you for. Because I am, I am but not so, buying another console from you. But so, so are you doing it too? Doing a souped-up PlayStation Four, but that seems to be mainly to run 4K stuff. Mm. So, unless you've got a really recent TV, <laughs> there's probably not a lot of point. Yeah, it's really <laughs> at least with the way that they're doing consoles now, at least with the way they're announcing all these, like, oh, we're releasing new consoles after two years. It's kind of like the point it's like, you know what, guys? Why don't we just put all these games on the PC and then we'll just play those? Because at, at this point, it's starting to get a little ridiculous. I mean, I've already just got a PS4. And then you go, oh, here's a new one. Like, they're oh, trying I'll to release it. consoles like actual video games, and it's probably one of the stupidest business moves I have ever seen. Although they say that the games will work on all of them, so... They say. They say. (laughs) They can change that opinion as much as they... As as much as they want until... You know, just as long as they can guarantee people are going to buy it. But I'm happy with my PS4 for now. Quite a while. Well, good. And I will admit, I'm seriously considering getting a PlayStation 4 myself. But at least, especially considering the lineup of games that are going to be coming out. Um, over the next year or so, but the animation on the games is amazing. It's probably some of the best I've ever seen, and they they it seems like developers are really going out of their way to make a lot of these different games, whether or not they're big titles or little titles, very visually impressive, which is 
you know, if you're if you're into animation and you know you're have a passing interest in games, I would highly recommend maybe looking into some of these titles because it might be willing to change your mind at least playing some of them. I I've worked out what it is. I think about this new, I assume this new generation, uh, the graphics. What it is about them is is the step up, and I think it's with the human characters. It's the eyes. Mm-hmm. I think they finally, finally managed to get past the dead-looking eyes. Yes, I, I, you know what? That kind of really, that kind of really makes sense. And that's a lot of they've really kind of not just the eyes, but also just the expressiveness, expressiveness of characters in the games. Because that's one of the things, at least in a lot of the earlier video games, you'll notice is that there's just. Not a lot of expression, except for some key moments. But at least with how, you know, games have evolved over the years, especially this recent generation, it, it seems they finally have got a really good tact of how to do proper expressions on characters, whether they're humanistic or not. If It just feels like they've been so close for so such a while. Like, eh, it's just slightly off. And then, like, with this new generation, and I worked it out... That to me, I think what it is is it comes down to the eyes. I think the eyes look like they've actually got life in them at last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, Whoa. Well, when you've got so much other things to get, you know, to take care of and uh, get ready for a big release and in a video game, you know, you can only do so much as what the technology allows you to animate or whatever, you know, whatever kind of software that they have to work with. But it looks like there's finally enough money in the industry that they can afford to take that extra time in order to get the animation uh, done in a in a way that's surpassed what they've been able to do before. And now we can finally get the emotion of a crying, naked Norman Reedus with a baby in a beach. I'm trying to remember what game that was. It's it, The image is coming back into my head, but I'm forgetting what game that was for. I think it's called Death Stranding, which is the new game, definitely, from Hideo Kojima. That was the one! Okay. Which was kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. It's just... All I have Norman to say Re- is just Kojima. There's just Daryl from Walking Dead, and he's naked, and he's on a beach, and he's got a baby, and he's crying, and then there's dead whales and stuff and it's like it it's really weird it's like it's it, seem, it seems almost like a student film with a blockbuster budget or it's like um it's like Zack Snyder made a perfume advert <laughs> it's just... oh that's a great comparison it's just the weirdest thing it's just like Kojima is like I think he's a genius, or he's a mentalist. I'm not sure. It's, it's Kojima. <laughs> it's literally it's... that's all you really need to say about it. Is there is Kojima Hideo Kojima is just kind of this special, unique entity in the video game development world, and just really just like anything that in, in his games that is when you classify under weird or strange or just really different you just just look at it, it's like it's it's kojima he he is his own he's his own catchphrase i i was kind of expecting it just to come up the end saying f you konami <laughs> that's 
really what this was, to be honest with you. That not, you know, despite the weird visuals and everything, that's really what I what I took away the most from that trailer is the fact that yeah, this is this is Kojima's big fu to to uh, Konami. It's like I can make high quality, I can make visually impressive games without you. It's just you don't know anything about that game. It's just it's just weird. It's just Kojima. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was just one of the weirdest things I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, well, did you, let me, ask you, let me ask you a question. Did you ever play Metal Gear Solid 2? Yeah. Did you get to the end? No. Then you don't understand how much of what that trailer was. was that it's, it's nothing new that Kojima has done. <laughs> Okay. I've I've seen and her I've seen and heard just as weird. So it's just full on Kojima yes. then. Yes. You, you never go full Kojima. It, it, it's 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 kind of weird because you know it's I'm re- I'm still pretty pissed at what Konami did to him in regards to Metal Gear Solid Five. That was definitely uncool. Mm. But at the same time, it's just like if. He's making games on his own now. Part of that's interesting. A little part of me is also slightly terrified. It's like, no one's holding him back now. So... <laughs> the what kind of game we're going to get from him next is could be anyone's guess. And like I said, with that, but that trailer is proof. It's like, oh, who knows what we're going to get. It's going to be strange. It might, just as, it might be just as compelling as it is strange, but that is something we're going to have to wait and see for. And then there was a trailer that I thought was going to turn out to be the, the Last of Us two. Oh, wasn't. which one was that? I forget. Days Gone. Right. It, it looks it's like a post-apocalyptic zombie game with a biker who is the lead character, but the thing about it is it seems to have brought the um, zombie typhoons from zombie tsunami. From the World War Z movie. <laughs> oh no! In into games. Oh no! And and it looks freaking terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna stay far away from that one. I I was able, you know, generally the I mean, the zombie kind of you know craze never really. I don't I don't really get it. I've never really enjoyed zombie flicks or games that much. I was able to get into The Last of Us because it had a really good story to tell. And even The Walking Dead, the Telltale Walking Dead series, again, I was only able to get into because it wasn't really so much about the zombies. It was about the characters surviving in in this world. And you really could get into that. But... I don't know about this one. This this might be just one of those games where I'm just like, nope, too scary. I'm gonna go... Look over here at my Zelda and my uh, and my the la- and my last guardian. Oh yeah, there's that. As yeah, well. I'll, I'll, <laughs> we we can keep talking about this particular game, but I I want to make sure that it's known that we're going to get to those both of those in a minute. Okay. Um, but yeah, this I was pretty impressed with this actually. I at first I was like, oh, it's just going to be another zombie game, whatever. But then when and they were showing. I think they ended the show with um, a demo of it, mm-hmm. and at first it was like, "Yeah, this looks like a zombie game, whatever." But then when they um, they introduced like just the hordes of them, 
and they they they're just like coming in in like a tidal wave. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> it's like lock your doors, hide your kids, kind of thing. I mean, I I just thought it looked stupid in the movie, to be honest. Yeah. But in in the game, suddenly it becomes terrifying because it'd be I'd actually be running away. Well, from yeah, because now there's. <laughs> With, at least with the video game, there's per, there's the personal investment there because you're the one playing the character. You're the one who has to get away from the whatever this is coming at you. Whereas in the movie, it's just oh, this is the thing that is happening. This looks kind of silly. But I also I don't know why I just thought it looked more effective than I did when I saw it in the the movie. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know if they just pulled it off better. Yeah, and it look looks more oddly convincing. <laughs> I'll admit, but, I was, I was, it was pretty, pretty scary. Which is kind of the why the reason I'm just like, nope, nope, going the other way. <laughs> Can't handle it because I'm a ninny. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? I can't help it. Uh, and I know it started with with the new God of War game, which really means nothing to me because I've never played any Neither of them. Neither have I. And I know the audience lost their chiz when they saw Kratos or whatever his name is. Like, oh, hey, they screamed. And I was like, who's that guy? <laughs> I know. I remember. I, I, I'm from relatively familiar with the God of War games. I've, I haven't really, again, I haven't played them to be honest. And I've never really understood the appeal of them all too much other than, hey, it's got Greek mythology in it. So that's kind of cool. But I don't know. It's just at least for those those first couple of games, like at least the games after the first one, I wasn't really invested in the story all that much, so I didn't really keep keep an eye on it. But at least with the way they've introduced this particular game, the um the kind of bond that they're creating between Kratos and this kid that you see him with throughout the demo, I'll admit that's that kind of personal personal connection, uh, like kind of mentor kind of mentor-novice relationship that they seem to be building between these two characters. That, I'll admit, had me and got me interested. This, if if they go, take take it in the right way, I think this might be the God of War game that I might be willing to get on board with. And also, it's Norse. It's Norse mythology for some reason. Yeah, that I don't get. That doesn't seem to make any sense. Why is... This Greek guy, is he a god? I he don't was know. formerly uh, a Greek. He kind of killed the god Ares and took his place for a little while. And then the Greek gods he... got got hissy and was like, no, get out. <laughs> but now he's he's chasing trolls and dragons in Ragnarok or something. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that, that I don't get, but... I'm I'm hoping again. I'm still hoping that maybe you'll have like one or two elements in it that will convince me otherwise that this is worth sticking around for. But I can I can definitely understand why a lot of people are excited. And 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 Kratos, while he may not be a character that I'm particularly all that interested in, I know why people like him. He's a very he's kind of an all over the place kind of anti-hero kind of character. And anti-heroes are pretty popular. Especially when they're done in and done in the right way, and I know that's a lot of people are a big fan of his. So, hey, you know, at least the game that they're the fans are going to be getting looks like a pretty good one. 
Yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, even though I've never had any interest in God of War mm-hmm. before. Uh, also, the Norse angles got me interested. Like, oh, I love Norse mythology. Oh. I would say almost as arguably as much as Greek mythology did. So it's like it's a bit it's a jump, but not that much of a jump for me. It's like halfway across the Europe jump. <laughs> Down from Greece to Scandinavia. There we go. Ooh, up there. Hey, there may there may have been enough. Of, I don't remember exactly how the the God of War series ended, but there could have been a big enough explosion that could have shot Kratos from Greek all the, from Greece all the way to all the way to Scandinavia. It's just like, well, shit. It could happen. It could happen. There's enough blood, guts, and explosions in the original God of War games that I think that it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. And there's a new game from David Cage and Quantic Dreams, the people who brought us Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, that's that one's. I'm a bit. I'm I'm both interested and I'm also a little bit nervous about because I remember Quantum Dreams. They were they were kind of teasing out this idea in, in previous E3 shows and trailers, I think. And it took them a while for them to come back to it, but I think they're finally. Because I think they they were teasing a while back. They had like a a trailer of like uh, showing this like android woman or robot woman being created, and then realizing that she's self aware before she's shipped off to parts unknown. And I think this is kind of like a maybe a follow up on that. I think this looks kind of like Blade Runner the it game. It really basically. does. <laughs> but it's like one of these. I I think that Quantic Dreams sort of amuse people because it's like yeah like this game's revolutionary it's like nothing you've ever seen before it's like no story you've ever heard before and people are like really no it is it's fairly this is pretty much just (laughs) sci-fi like ah but you haven't seen it like this it was like it was like um heavy rain it was it was a lot of fun but it wasn't (laughs) it was pretty pretty standard sort of mystery story. Yeah, it's 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 really um, the stories themselves I've noticed from the Quantum Green, Quantum Dream games they're interesting in the way they're presented, but really in terms of plot and story and characters as far as I've seen haven't really like, you know, really like said like, you know, gotten to be really like, "Oh yeah, this is revolutionary stuff." It's like, "No, it's not really. It's just a different way of presenting this kind of storytelling." It's it's similar to a film, but not quite. It's more interactive than that. But at the same, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's 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 not as revolutionary as they think it is. But it doesn't mean it's not. It can't be entertaining if they do it the right way. They're basically interactive movies, which is, which I I think that's fine as a type of game. It's like a, you know, I, I like a good narrative story mm-hmm. game. So, you know, I, I really like the Telltale games and things oh, like yeah. that. Uh, so, and I also, these are also games that I actually get to see the end of, which is quite interesting <laughs> for me, because that doesn't normally happen. There's, uh, there's really, <laughs> unless, there's really nothing to get stuck on, really. Exactly, they just happen. <laughs> you just like, make this choice, make this choice. You might occasionally have a bit where you could die, but then you go back to the, a bit, just go back a bit, do it again. Mm. <laughs> um, so... And then even if you go through I'm... the ga- entire game one way, you realize there's another way to go- to do it, and then that way you have multiple f- playthroughs to say, okay, what will happen if I make this choice or that choice? 
I think I'm always going to be interested in what they're doing, Quantic Dreams. I just think um, they're not, you know, they're not the most, they may think that they're the most amazing thing in the world, but they're, they're not. not. But I've, I think they're always going to be novel and a bit, something a bit different from most of the stuff that's out there. And, uh, you know, they've sometimes had some unintentionally amusing bits yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. Jason. Jason. <laughs> Jason. I remember that. Wow. Oh yeah, that was that was hilarious. Especially when they try and get really deep and emotional, that's always hilarious. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry, Quantum, but it's you're you're, you're trying, you're trying very hard, and we appreciate the effort, but you're not quite there yet. You're not gonna make us cry Pixar tears. I'm sorry. But it still looks yeah. fun. Being, I mean, I'm, being an android. The, the, and... the whole the whole Blade Runner scenario of uh, of robots intermingling with uh, human society has always been a point of fascination for me. So I I am very interested to see where uh, the take that Quantum Dream is going to have on with this particular game. So. Oh, I should say I think this game is called Detroit Become Human. Yeah, Detroit. Think, so that's yeah, very different title than I was expecting, but it's. It still gets the point across. Mm. Uh, the home of Robocop. Yep. Yep, <laughs> the home of Robocop. Um, yes. <laughs> and so it's going to be interesting to check out eventually when that comes out. Yep. I don't know. Um, one other quick thing before uh, there's the before we get on to the other two titles, the big ones, the one I'm excited for, and mm. at least. Uh, I believe... There are two um, continuations of two series that I'm that were also at E3 this year that I'm partially excited to see. The new footage of was um, Mass Effect Andromeda, which they were able to tease out some more uh, information about what's going to be coming up for that and how it's going to look. Which uh, it's they really weren't able to go into that much into it since they've just been constantly just teasing and teasing it. But it's it's still they they were able to show a lot more like art aspects from the different worlds that you're going to be exploring, and uh, the different kinds of stuff you'll be able to do, um, which is kind of odd. They show more like actual gameplay and then the motion capture that go involved in bringing those gameplay sequences to life. But they really didn't show too much of the cinematic sequences, other than like maybe one or two shots of um, you know. In the, in the footage, which is kind of odd because you'd think that that's, you know, it's Mass Effect and it's Bioware, so you'd think that would be the point that they were going to try and emphasize on because that's I mean, other than the, you know, the gunplay, that was one of the big things with Mass Effect. That was also another kind of movie, uh, play a movie kind of game, though less more more of a game, I would say than uh, the Quantum Dreams mm. gameplay is, but still. I thought they would have a little bit more like of an idea of what the cinematic sequences in Mass Effect Andromeda would look like, but it's from the maybe snippets of it we've seen. It looks very high def, but can't really say more than that, unfortunately. I have very little experience with the Mass Effect game. I, I think I don't know if I've actually played it or if I've just watched been in the room while my mate was playing it. One or the other. <laughs> Um, but I've seen. I don't even know which one it was. Probably the second one. Uh, the second one is the one that's more critically acclaimed, I think. 
compared to the other games. I mean, three was was pretty high up there in terms of delivering what most of what it promised players, and then at least by the end of this this trilogy that they would that they, they planned. But still, it's I think most people will say that the best was probably the second one, and that was highly due to the fact that it was able to do kind of like a a real Empire Strikes Back kind of uh, return to form for this for the series. Expanding on what had already been, uh, you know, explored in the first game and, and just delving into it a bit more. Um, I remember when it was not too long after the 360, Xbox 360 came out that I saw the original, like, game footage for Mass, the original Mass Effect. And uh, I was pretty much on board from day one. That was actually the game that basically convinced me, okay, I really need to get this console so I can play this game. Which I did, and uh, basically it was, you know, played the first game, loved it, waited with bated breath for the second game, and enjoyed the hell out of that when it came out, and then just, you know, it just it kept going. It, 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 it was a very fun way to explore this, like, sci-fi universe that uh, Bioware created. It's a very interesting universe to get involved with. It's a bit, it's a bit melodramatic at times, but at least in the later titles, they found a way to kind of break it break it up and uh, really have fun with it. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how Andromeda continues to build on that kind of formula since the one story, the main trilogy is ended, so now they're, they're branching off into side story territory and we'll see how well that goes. And I have to... I am curious in regards to... Um, the Sony presentation. Did you see anything related to uh, Squeenix or Square Enix that you thought would be interesting to uh, come out in the next couple years or next year? They showed the Final Fantasy. Did they show anything from Final Fantasy? I'm pretty sure they did. They're they're really pushing uh, 15, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they must have, there must have been a trailer for that. Um, I think Final Fantasy fans would hang themselves if they didn't get anything. If they, it was either that or more footage from uh, fi- the Final Fantasy VII remake <laughs> that they're getting ready for. I knew that there was um, there was there was something for VR Final Fantasy, but I was I couldn't remember if there was just a trailer for the game as well. But they were showing bits of yeah, it, I, I think. Where you, I think there was this whole sequence where you see like the the Final Fantasy fifteen character riding on a chocobo, and it had the mm. they had like like a like a a rock and roll version of the the chocobo mm. theme, and I'm just sitting there watching, and I'm just cracking up laughing because it's just the silliest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> You're just riding I, a I, giant chicken. I think from what I've seen, Final Fantasy fifteen looks all right. It's quite <laughs> impressive. But I don't really know much. I feel like I don't really know much about it. They've been kind of keeping some of it hush-hush. All I know is that it's a bunch of these guys. I think one of them is... I don't know, like, he's he's got a very... Like, the main character, I think he's he's part of, like, a very big, important family. Whether or not that's, uh, like, legitimate, like, no, nobility or, uh, like, a crime syndicate kind of thing. I don't really remember if that's... It's one or the other. Don't kill me if I can't remember correctly. But um, then basically, for whatever reason, 
he and a bunch of his buddies uh, basically all pile into a car and decide to go cross-country for whatever reason. And somehow that might end up saving the world. I don't know. <laughs> all I just know is that they've really pushed the, pushed the idea that these guys are just kind of traveling around and just having a grand old time fighting monsters, causing mayhem and hijinks wherever they go. Well, like I said, possibly might be saving the world on, along the way. It's 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 hard to tell. <laughs> it just seems to me it doesn't seem like very Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moment. it's more but... science science fiction, more on the science fiction edge of uh, storytelling than uh, actual fantasy is fantasy Final Fantasy stuff that we've seen come from the series before. But here's the thing, there is actually a, an animation tie-in to Final Fantasy XV, is that it's getting a feature-length CG film called Kingsglaive Final Fantasy XV. Hmm. That is going to be shown in limited cinemas in August. Huh. And yes, the animation is looking rather impressive. What style um, of animation is it? Is it straight up, straight two D, or is it so? No, it's CG. It's it's, it's CG. Oh, it's okay. On... It looks pretty much like the game, I think. Um, well, that's a good yeah. place to start. And it's looking rather impressive, but it's not Square's first time making movies, is it? No, especially not in regards to the Final Fantasy series and uh, the last couple. Attempts at that were <laughs> less than stellar. As many yeah. many Final Fantasy fans can agree. Uh, what yeah. was the what was the first one? The spirit the spirits within. within was something, and a flop. Yeah, well, it was it was most definitely that, but it was also something something can't really identify, to be honest with you, and um, the something not good. Uh, and then there was another one because Final Fantasy VII was just so popular it had to have a film that a film tie-in that made absolutely no sense and off and basically turned its protagonist who was already kind of on the fence with people liking him or not make definitely confirmed like oh no okay he he's he's not grown at all since the video game and he's just this whiny mopey little bitch. <laughs> And I'm sorry, that was that's a big point of contention with me because I mean it wasn't a perfect character. I mean none, none of the characters in Final Fantasy VII were perfect. The game wasn't perfect, even though I know a lot of people enjoyed it. It had a lot of great things about it, and I'll admit that even though I wasn't on board with the main you know, I didn't really like the main character at the start. I did he, he did grow on me and then by the time the game wrapped up, I'm just like, you know what? This this guy and his this guy and his pals are okay. I'm I'm glad we got to take this journey with them. And then I watched Advent Children and immediately regretted it. Just like, is this is, is just is he just seemed like a completely different character than the way they left off in the in the game. But ugh, that's its own special well, kettle of fish. I do know that Advent Children was very popular and sold very well. So that's probably why they've done another CG yeah, movie. Probably, but. I also know that I watched it and I didn't understand at all because I was like, I haven't played the game, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just it's it's another attempt at Square to make more money. Like they aren't making enough money 
stringing along the uh, Kingdom Hearts franchise every step of the way to Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> because I know that was another big thing, and one of the big demos that they had at, um, at E3 this year was playing the, um, what was it? If I can remember the title of it correctly, because it's a ridiculously long title, it's like uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom <laughs> Hearts 2.8, which is basically a combination of a, redu- a re- remastered version of the 3DS title Dream Drop Distance uh, for the PlayStation uh, 4. And then a lot released along with that is a tie-in to, um, I forget what it's called, but it's a small, it's a short tie-in with um, Birth by Sleep, I think, where you actually get to uh, play around as um, one of the characters from Birth by Sleep as she's exploring this... Um, the uh, the world of darkness or the realm of darkness, if you will, and explore trying to figure out more loose ends left by the very confusing plot that is Kingdom Hearts, and um, and it's it's really just another tie. It's another reason to excuse why they're not coming out with Kingdom Hearts three just yet. But I will say this: the one sequence with the one character from uh, Birth by Sleep, Aqua, that looks like it's animated with the same kind of engine that they are going to be using for um, Kingdom Hearts 3, and I'd be lying if I say I wasn't really blown away by the way it looks. Hmm. It's very, very beautiful animation. Like, you could literally look look at the character skin, and you could see the freaking pores <laughs> on, her, on her face, and it's just like, wow, um... Don't really remember that her looking quite like that when I played a, played the game on the PSP. So, or even when they remastered the game um, for the let's see, Kingdom Hearts like you know, a Kingdom Hearts Two HD release. So, or yeah, it's two point five. I think it was was the right title. So, yeah, they've done two point five. Now they're doing two point eight. <laughs> Here, they basically like first it was one point five, which was uh, because it had. The first Kingdom Hearts game re- um, remastered along with uh, Chain of Memories and um, the really silly DS title that was all about Organization 13, the one the, the later antagonist for Kingdom Hearts 2. Then they went Kingdom Hearts 2.5, which was Kingdom Hearts 2, um, Birth by Sleep, and uh, oh god, there was another really silly uh, 3DS title before Dream Drops that was in between that one and it just basically had that it, you didn't even play the game it was all the cutscenes it was it's really silly how they're spreading this out but they're doing their damnedest to make sure that they take they they milk this as much as they possibly can before they have to get ready to release Kingdom Hearts 3 like releasing different versions of like the word processor it really is Version point four seven, and they're making no. It's 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 like they have no shame about doing this at all. It's because hey, they know it's popular, so they know people are gonna buy it no matter what. This is Kingdom Hearts three minus zero point five three. You know, you know, I wouldn't put it past them. It's like they they release something related to Kingdom Hearts three, and so it's like play if like. like two to three hours. It's like, okay, now you have to buy, you have to pay like $65 to get the next half. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Square. Oh, and there was an animation, very animation related thing I saw, um, which was the 
new South Park game. I was actually planning on bringing that up at some point. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you did, though. It was. It's. Yeah, that's definitely animation related because it's it's the second outing, the second video game outing for the uh, for the South Park characters, and it looks just as entertaining as the first one, if not more so. Well, there was like games on the N64 for it because it's been going so long, but this is the first, second. Is it was the first? Stick yeah, the of Stick Truth, of Truth. Was it? it was the was the first one that I remember looking at, and yeah. it was oh my god. I'm, and I'm still not, probably not as big a South Park fan as most people are, but I I can't deny that the way they were handling the humor in that particular video game was absolutely up the wall funny. And that was like an RPG. Spin, yeah, and right? same, yeah. The, the, it looks like it's going to be the same, the same case in uh, this one a little bit, but I think this one's going to be taking a little bit more of like an action. Bit more of an action RPG kind of style. Well, well, the setup for this one seems to be, which is called fractured but whole. You see what yep. they did there. Um, seems to be uh, superheroes. Yeah, I mean, thing. one of the superheroes uh, has them argu- the mar- arguing about having their own film series or film franchise, which is great. Yes, yeah, they're basically talking about the Marvel and DC, and they're trying to trying to plan their they're serious like then you do this film and this film and then you do the team up film and then you do the next then you do phase two and then you do that and <laughs> it's like, it was it was brilliant and it's, and it's like the superhero characters that they've featured in the series mm-hmm. before um i can't remember what they're called now but <laughs> um but the the trailer is it was just bit of South Park it didn't have any game in it <laughs> um, and it was funny it was very very <laughs> very funny it's like oh hello you have my attention <laughs> I don't really know anything about the game but this is funny yeah I was I was really impressed with what they did with the stick of truth so I'm I'm very much looking forward to this game I didn't get I didn't get the chance to play that game very much but if I have the opportunity to play um, Fractured But Whole I can, I can definitely. I'm, 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 def- I'm going to be on board for that 100. percent Oh, here's the thing. Actually, I believe I saw that the new game will come with a like remastered copy of um, the first game. Get out of town. I could probably get both of them and play them side by side. That'd be fantastic. That's what I think I remember reading. Sweet. So. Hooray. And there were at least two other games that I wanted to bring up before uh, we start wrapping up a little bit. Um, one of which has been highly, highly, highly anticipated for years, but it finally got a release date for this October. And I'm still, you know, when I first saw the news about, it, I was I had to con- continuously convince myself, like, is this real? Are they are they are they being legitimately you know accurate about this? Are they not like teasing us again? But um, the same game company that brought us uh, Shadow of the Colossus and Ico, the original Ico, are they were teasing out like way back when, back around the time that the PlayStation Three was uh, had just recently come out, was a game called The Last Guardian, and. For the longest time, we had we had some original footage back then of what they were originally planning on doing with that game. But for years on end, 
There was no talk of a release date. They kept, you know, there were some up and downs within the company, so we weren't sure if they were if the game was ever going to be released at all. But it looks at long last that the game is finally going to get released on uh, October of this year, and it looks fantastic. It does look very interesting. <laughs> I have not, I have to say, I have not played Ico or Shadow of the Colossus, although I have the remastered versions. Lucky! I'm meaning to get those. I just haven't got around to it. I've got several unplayed games, mm. I have to say, because I, I had that. There was a time when I had opportunity to pick up lots of cheap things mm. that I haven't, I haven't uh, played or watched all of yet, even though it's it's been a little <laughs> while. <laughs> yeah, you know how it's, it is. It's, life happens. You can't, you know. At the very yeah. least, you have them on the shelf. So if you do find you, you do eventually find the time. It's like, oh, I haven't played this yet. Pop that in, and then you just have a blast. Because I gotta tell you, that's more so, I think, if you're looking for more of an action-oriented game, I think Shadow of the Colossus is definitely going to be the one up your alley. Ico's a bit more atmospheric and puzzly than uh, than Shadow of the Colossus is. Shadow of the Colossus is still, it still has got the puzzle element to it, but that's more of the lines like, okay, you found this big giant thing, how do you kill it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really... I remember when they like said when the they first put out the footage for uh, the Last Guardian, and they were teasing out that this the game's going to be centered around um, this young boy character and uh, this giant kind of furry, fluffy, feathery creature of some kind, and uh, basically the whole gameplay is going to center around the two of them trying to navigate around this ruin or wherever it's whatever setting they find themselves in, and kind of like. You know, promoting that the, you know you're going to be developing a bond with, between these two characters, and it's because that's one thing you'll notice if you do play Shadow of the Colossus and um, Ico that that's something that this uh, development team is very good at doing. Taking two characters who really don't exchange that much dialogue between each other, but still you can still feel the bond between them. So then, when something tragic does happen, you're just like, no, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it game don't do it they did it <laughs> they did it anyway oh, <laughs> and I'm probably just built, setting myself up for that with getting excited about this game but at the same time it looks too good and too just unique artistically to just pass up but then you know it's, just, you know, it's, it's something I've been eagerly waiting for a long time so the fact that they finally got around to officially announcing a release date it's giving me more motivation to buy a playstation 4 <laughs> so maybe maybe before october rolls around i will uh i will have a playstation 4 i will let you know <laughs> when that happens hey. if and when that happens <laughs> but um easily i think you'll probably agree with me on this i think the biggest thing that the, the most people like that the most coverage general of E3 over all the other games that were covered was Nintendo's uh, big gameplay reveal about the next Legend of Zelda game. Oh yes, 
They yeah. could not stop talking about that game, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't want them to. <laughs> because the more I see, the more I'm fascinated by this game and how it's it feels like it's staying true to the original to a certain extent, but it's also doing taking a lot of really big leaps away from the general conventions that the Zelda series is known for. Well, it's interesting the way that they just said, you know what, we're just going to, we're already bothering with Zelda. <laughs> we're not bringing anything else, pretty much. I think they might have shown some No, there, there was definitely well, some, uh, some, some Pokemon uh, footage also. There were, like, a lot of the other Nintendo titles that were, you know, shown off a little bit in E3 were mainly smaller titles. But no, the only really big one was Zelda. When there was a reason for that. Because they've they've got the uh, they've got next March they're bringing out a new console. So you know they've got traditionally what you do is you take your new console and then you go is our new console. But they you know they were up front and they said we're not doing that. Nope. <laughs> we we're just bringing Zelda. You will want to see Zelda. Here's some Zelda. And they didn't just show a little bit of Zelda. They showed a lot of Zelda. Like, I'm surprised at how much of the game that they were able to show off in this uh, this presentation. Not just not just think... like you know trailer footage, but also lots of gameplay too. No one's ever. I'm pretty sure no one's ever done it like that before. They just go. We're just going to take one game, and we're going to show you the hell out of it. <laughs> It's like, and you know what? I kind of, I kind of have to praise Nintendo for having the balls to do that and saying, and actually succeeding. I think because that was, I think that was the one game that was just on everyone's lips this year. Well, I think it shows how confident mm-hmm. they are in it. They're like, we've got a good game. We know we've got a good game, so we're just gonna use. We're just to talk about this one game for the whole show. And they did, and I think it paid off for the most part. Like what, um. Wanted to get your opinion. What do you think of the art style that they're going for, from what you've seen? It looks pretty. <laughs> it's sort of people have said there's a bit of a Ghibli vibe to it, and I can understand. Yeah, it's, that. it's it's also um, like a kind of a melding of styles, at least in terms of previous titles. Like I definitely see a bit of like this, some kind of like cell shading, a little bit from like Wind yeah. Waker, that was really popular, mm-hmm. but it also kind of a little bit more of like a. Kind of just kind of similar, almost like it's not, a, not as serious as Twilight Princess, but not as goofy as Skyward Sword was. <laughs> I, th- I think it's interesting the way the Zelda games work, where they they sort of keep certain elements, but then they sort of do a different take on it every. Yeah, time. it's it's really like, like say for a couple of titles, it really is like almost like retellings of the same fairy tale. In a way, and this time they're introducing technology. Yeah, sort of, that's that's a different thing. Yeah, it's it's not unless it's like magical, like magically influenced technology. But that that again, that remains to be seen. It, it looks like legitimate tech from what they were able to show in the trailer in the in the gameplay footage, and that's that is definitely a departure from uh, what Zelda games have done in the past and. To what effect they're doing that for, I'm very interested to find out. And it's open world. Mm-hmm. Link's Link can actually jump. He's never been able to like jump on his own before. You always have to get a running start and leap off a ledge for him to jump. But 
now you actually have a button where you can actually make him jump and then latch onto things. Which, you know what? That kind of... Also, that's also giving me... Uh, um, What was it? The the Shadow of Colossus vibes. Since that's pretty much the same kind of mm. thing. Like, you see him grab onto things and then he's got a little grip gauge so you can only hold onto something for so long. But as long as you have that gauge, you can climb around as much as you need to. I don't generally do many RPGs, but Zelda... I discovered that I probably just more like action RPGs because I just don't like turn-based. Well, Zelda isn't much. really has ever re- never really been turn-based RPG. No, it's, it's an action, action RPG. No, that's what I'm saying. That's yep. why I like it. <laughs> um, I think sometimes it's a shame because I can really like the game around it, like with Nina yeah. and It's beautiful. I say, like, but why be turn-based? Why? <laughs> It's annoying. That was a very weird version of turn-based combat, I'll admit, with Ninu Kuni, but that's an, that's another kettle of fish, and I've said that twice already. I should stop saying that by now. <laughs> um, that's its own unique thing, but um, it's it's definitely very cool that they're making this like very the one the very first open world Zelda game, and at least with the environment they've created, it definitely looks like it's going to be fun to explore and find all the nooks and crannies, and then just helping Link survive whatever wilderness this is and trying to find this trying to find the plot of whatever's going on and they've showed it off on Wii U but it's also going to come out on NX the new Nintendo mm-hmm. console whatever that's going to be yeah, I'm, 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 in that case I'm really glad I have a Wii U so that I can actually play it <laughs> and I don't have to buy the next console because um, at this point I'm really getting tired of having to buy console after console after console Zelda. Zelda is a big mm. thing, and mm. I'm very much looking forward to hearing any new and more any new information that they have about it. It's not. Is it? Is it coming out? I next think. Year? It, I think it's next year. It, yeah. I wonder if it's coming out in March or whatever, because that's when the new console probably. Out, or I'll bet you out, it is. Whether. It, um. Ooh. Yeah. All it says is 2000, 2017 release date. They haven't confirmed when. So that's okay. that's still a mystery, but at the very least, from what they've they've shown, I think they definitely have. Uh, I definitely think their audience is ready and waiting for when the whenever this game decides to come out, me included. So. <laughs> and Crash Bandicoot's coming back. That was a surprise. Never thought I'd see the day that that would uh, be brought back to life, but looks like they finally went and did it. Yeah, they're remastering the old games. And you have to wonder, I wonder how this is going to hold up. It looked like they, I mean, from the reaction of the crowd and the presentation, it looked like it was pretty positive. So I think there's there's definitely a lot of people who are going to be looking forward to getting that when that comes out. Oh, there's definitely a nostalgia to it, definitely. But you just wonder, is it actually going to be that great? I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, Crash Bandicoot was funny, I remember, when I originally played it way back when, but it wasn't... It wasn't one of those kind of games that really just, like, made me want to play more. Like, I didn't quite have as much fun with it, like I said, say, Ratchet, or Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Daxter. Which were kind of, like, similar-ish games, but not quite. Well, Crash Bandicoot was so much more simple, wasn't it? It's just the others built up on it. Oh, and uh, I think talking of Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. maybe? Um, 
it's or am I getting my my people mixed up? There's going to be a Spider-Man game from Insomniac Games for PlayStation uh, 4. Yeah, I think I think they're Insomniac. Insomniac's responsible for Ratchet and Clank. Let me. I'm trying to. I think that's the case. I think I'm. Da, 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 da. Yeah, Insomniac Games. You're right. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, and yeah, they're doing a, a Spider-Man game for PlayStation 4. And then it turned out to be Insomniac, and I I thought actually didn't they also do that uh, that um, Xbox game Sunset Overdrive, which was one of the few uh, Xbox exclusives that I went oh I'd yeah. like to play that one. Uh, that one looked cool, um, and yeah, just the idea of you know even if it's sort of pseudo open world or whatever, just running around New York. Being Spider-Man. That's always been very of like some of the previous games. That's of Spider-Man games. That's always been one of the the best things doing the open world exploration. But at the very least, with the way that they were capturing this particular game, it looks like it, it, Spider-Man at his best. Really, it. it I, yeah, I, I I watched. I was watching the whole trailer for it with my my jaw on the floor, kind of just like wow of how and how seamless all the transitions between the action sequences and just. At least, if that was actual gameplay footage, just like how just it looked like the real deal to me. So, I believe they said all the footage in the trailer was gameplay footage, or you know, at least in then I'm sold. Whatever. So, yes, that looks fun. It, it also helps uh, that one of uh, that I'm um, the the person, the gentleman playing Spider Man this time around, uh, Yuri Lowenthal. I'm also. It oh, is Yuri Lowenthal playing Spider-Man, <laughs> and that's also when I when I literally heard his voice coming out of Spider-Man. I'm just like, okay, I'm like, I was already sold then. Like, and then the rest of the the trailer went through, and just like, oh, this game actually looks legit, amazing. So it's just like, damn it, <laughs> you had me at Yuri Lowenthal, but then you're probably gonna make me stay via gameplay. That's it's a terrible combination. <laughs> I know I, they had the um like the the Batman Arkham games everything and people like you know more superheroes to get their own decent games as well and this looks to me like it's going to be Definitely. that oh and there's going to be a new Batman it game it was I a think. VR or, title or... I believe because that was the other big thing to come out of uh, E3 this year like there was all the titles we've been talking about already on top of mm. all these little, like, smaller releases for the uh, VR system that's come out. So we've got, like, a Batman tie-in. There have been some other interesting looks. Like, Ubisoft has a VR game where you're playing as an eagle, flying around, you know, different locations with friends and just, you know, flying through the... It like, looks like you're legit flying through the sky. Then there's a Star Wars X-Wing simulator VR game so it's just they were like a whole bunch of those were like scattered throughout the convention this year what are you thinking about this vr thing then i don't know i mean because from our previous discussions about vr like with what yvonne has been telling us there's definitely a lot of great potential with this and i will admit that the um the vr for the star wars x-wing definitely looked amazing to me like you're like literally sitting in the cockpit of an cockpit of an x-wing and flying around in space and looked really cool but 
really, to be honest with you, with a lot of those titles, save for like a couple of footage, at least without actually having to be there to actually test the thing, there was really not a whole lot of footage shown of them. And and because of that, I'm a little nervous as to how much of that, you know, stuff they can actually do with the VR as of right now. Like, how much of a game do we really have here and not a novelty experience? A lot of it looks to me like there's going to be a lot of first-person shooters, and I don't care. Neither do I. So, I mean, like I said, Star Wars X-Wing, passable. Doing a Batman Arkham game with VR, that's also passable, but shooters have their place. I would like to think that you know, maybe one or two for a VR is not going to be is not going to be the worst thing in the world, but don't just have that be your entire VR showcase. There's more you there's more you can do right. with it than that. Well, apparently the new Resident Evil is going to be entirely playable in the VR. Ooh. Which, that that is interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to yeah. feel about that. That sounds ter- ter- sounds terrifying. It's Resident Evil, so I'm I can only imagine a certain degree of terror that's going to come with that. Uh, but is there anything? I'm really not sure. I think we've covered that's uh, about two hours into the recording. I think we've uh, covered a good majority of what's uh, been covered in E three. I'm sure that there's there's been enough stuff that we can't you know aside from actually being there we can't cover. But still, we've yeah, we've I, talked about quite a bit. I was glad I remembered to mention the um, <laughs> the Spider-Man yeah, I'm, game. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to mention like, that oh, yeah, too. That was, one of, that was one of the ones. That was one of the big surprises, I think, of the Sony mm-hmm. show. People were like, I had no idea that was coming, which is always well, it's good. It's been interesting because the last couple know, of Spider-Man games that they've done have been mostly like movie tie-ins. To like the to this to the couple uh, movies that they put out recently, so it was it was only a matter of time. I mean, considering the fact that they they recently just loaned Spider Man to the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, like oh, they're going to be creating it. That's going to be creating interest in the character again. So it's like they have to release a game, but what kind of game? We had no idea, and then they dropped this, and it's like, well, I'm, this looks pretty good. It's only just occurred to me how probably why Sony have got it because Sony Sony make the yes, Spider-Man they do. movies they, they technically have not let go of the character rights they basically just saw the money train that Marvel that Disney and Marvel were making it's like you know what we want a piece of that here's our character you can borrow him for a little while <laughs> but it seems like Disney are all you know all Disney and Pixar and Marvel and Lucasfilm uh, games are going to be like sold out to third-party companies now because because of Disney pulling out of making mm-hmm. games themselves with with um, Infinity, which is a yeah. shame really because th- I love the design. Never played it, but I love the design on that. It was <laughs> a very unique the character designs for their uh, for their character models, but yeah. So this might be one of those kind of like third party development yeah. deals for that particular character. But it would be interesting if they did like a whole series like all the different Marvel heroes had a game. It like would that. be. And then then they do an Avengers game where you can play <laughs> all of them. 
take the entire video game community by storm, just like the cinematic universe. Yeah. That would be, be that would be that'd be different. I'd be interested to see how that would turn out, whether for good or for ill. But yeah, Spider Man. I was not expecting anything Spider-Man related this year, so it's happy that was a ha- that was a very happy surprise. And again, Yuri Lowenthal and Spider-Man, and just like I, I can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> but I think other than that, like I said, I think we that's more or less everything we uh, we can like uh, there's more or less everything we can cover about E3 without actually being there. So one day, one day much, maybe. Yeah. maybe. We'll be able to make it out there, One but uh, uh, for the time <laughs> being, it was a very, very enjoyable, um, and very enjoyable program, and uh, getting to see every all the new games that are going to be coming out in the next couple of years. A lot of them, like we said, animation is looking better than it ever has for a lot of these different titles. So it's 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 really nice to see that because of all the money in the video game industry, that they're really having a chance to really turn up the notch with all these new console titles and making animation for the for their, all the different video games look as beautiful as they can. So, I believe that will wrap it up for today's episode. So, really hope you enjoyed hearing us discuss about this uh, about this big E3 convention this year and if you're curious about any of the games that we've discussed, I highly recommend going online on YouTube to look up the trailers and take a look for yourself. And if you want to hear, see more video game reviews on our website, just go ahead and just shout out on via Twitter, Facebook, or what other? Facebook, was it? Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Well, they're, they're the main places to yeah. contact us. Yeah, they really, are. Aren't they? Or, or, or email. email. <laughs> so feel free yeah. to get in touch with us with any of those. And... If you just want to stay tuned for more animation news or topics in general, just keep an eye on our website. And uh, if you want to give us some some support, so maybe we can try eventually make it to big big conventions or events like this or Annecy. Feel free to visit our Patreon page and drop us a line and maybe just a little donation as well, so we can hopefully one day make it out there and be able to give you a bit more in depth coverage. And you get some little bonuses mm-hmm. too. Some extra stuff for the podcast and some other extra bonuses which we're currently working on at the moment. And Chris, where can we find you on social medias? You can find me at Mr. Christor on Twitter and on Facebook. And you can follow me and on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. And if you are interested in following any more of our podcast episodes, you can find them on our website on AFA blog. There is also podcast.com, Stitcher, iTunes, and again, we are still working on the Google Play podcast, but we will let you know as soon as that that is made available. All right, everybody, take care. Bye. (laughs) Game Game over.
and welcome to the end. Bleh. Right out the gate. Suck. The AFA podcast. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. That's what we are. It's been a little while since you've done it. It's yes, just, it actually you, is. I you mean, get out the, of practice. The past couple times, it's just been you and me. So it's just like, and then we do, like, I do one, then you do one. Ugh. Come on, Rachel. Get it together. 